Welcome back to Movie Trailer Reviews Podcast. Your host Chris here with Ro and Brandon, and we are here uh, to talk the third and I guess maybe final uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, a uh, volume three. Um, yeah, it's um, James Gunn's uh, final uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and maybe some of the actors and actresses' final uh, Guardians of the Galaxy slash Marvel. I never count them out because we say that shit, and then you hear them. They get like a year out and then they're like, but you know, I would come back. Of course you would. You like money. So of course, why wouldn't you come back? Um, but yeah, jumping right into this. Uh, what do you guys think? I enjoyed really? it. I thought it, I, I, sorry, I was muted. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a fitting into the trilogy that he was building. Um, I don't think I liked it as much as other people are liking it, but that's because I have uh, some issues with, James Gunn's narrative style. But um, all my favorite characters got real story arcs. I liked the way that they kind of they wove everything in and it was weighty, but he still kind of had a signature bounce, uh, maybe a little too much for me, but some of the flair. Uh, it looked good. It sounded good. It had a really dark, twisted kind of grim, dark thread that kind of wove in with all of the bright and shiny that I found to be utterly and completely delightful. And obviously, I like the villain a lot, like a lot, a lot, which might also be why my enjoyment was slightly less than I'm seeing other people say they are. What y'all think? Um, I mean, I thought it. Was, I think it's James Gunn best. I think it's James Gunn's too many S's best in the series. So I think he's gotten better with each film just from the storytelling perspective to definitely the conversations. I mean, for me, this was his best attempt at a symphony of chaos, like the way he used music, the way he used slow motion and to his effect, like, I'm just going to I'm just going to go ahead and be like this might be the way he used slow motion here the way the the way he did action with the dialogue interwoven makes me feel like he actually might be able to do something good <laughs> consistently over at Warner Brothers if they leave him the hell alone but you know I don't know they I, I feel like they kind of left Zach alone so hopefully they'll leave him the hell alone, give him that same range. But I think in this film, I just really, I really enjoyed where they took the story. I like how they tied it all full circle. I like what they did with Gamora's character because I don't like Chris Pratt. And I like the whole Rocket story is just, they start the film off that way and it is never lighthearted, you know, until it, until it's supposed to be. So it was, it's pretty much, a, it's a pretty tough watch. Um, they got away with some words. I heard some bombs dropped and I'm, I'm, I'm like, is that, is that allowed now? But I guess it is. Cause it was just one. flat out. Yeah. I guess that's the limit, right? <laughs> if you go too yeah. far, if you say another one, then you're, you're effed. Um, or you're are. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and ultimately, I just think that in a film that's, you know, I guess a little over two hours, but not three hours, like some other films we watched here, that shouldn't have been. I feel like he was able to draw a lot more 
out of his characters in that short period of time, given the amount of characters he has, as big as the ensemble is. And I think he did a lot of great setups in the beginning that actually paid off for me in the end. They weren't amazing payoffs, all of them, but they actually paid off. He would do something, I'm like, he better use this later. And he did. Now, uh, was it Chiwuki? Ch- Ch- I'm fucking his name up. Chiwuji? I typed his name earlier and I cannot remember what it is now. The elevated, high elevated, elevated, I don't know what his name was. I just know that nigga was yelling at everybody. And he deserves a motherfucking award. He absolutely chewed up every scene he was in. And it was, he's probably one of Marvel's best villains. And and that's just because of how much of an egomaniac he actually was. Like he he made, I don't know, he's made a lot of other villains look tame and sensible. With the way he was acting was just on some true, true Kanye-ish thank you a guy type bullshit. And we all saw how see how that ends up paying off with Kanye. So you can imagine how it goes for him in this. But until that happens. I was scared. I was scared of that motherfucker, and I wasn't even. Remember that. Remember that scene with Daniel in uh, Widows, where he knocks over the dude in the wheelchair yes. and then lays down on the ground with him. I got that vibe from this. I got. I got that vibe here. I was just like, "You an evil. You an evil. You an evil motherfucker. <laughs> like you evil. You evil. evil. No he did shit that was just flat. like. There's evil. There are people who are evil, and mm. they do evil shit. And this is- he was not only evil. <laughs> He was mean. That's a terrible combination to be evil and to just be fucking mean. He was mean to everybody. Yo, yo the way he would roll his eyes as somebody saying something, this asking a simple question, it's like, but do we want to do that? Oh, I'm so annoyed that you even speak to me that way. Like, it, it was, it, I'll say this, right? Um, you know, if I was back on Twitter, I, I would definitely see this in the far reaches corners of, of black Twitter. Of all of a sudden, folks having a problem with Marvel because oh, so now the black people got to be good, the, the good villains. So all the black people got to be villains. You know that would happen because between this and Jonathan Majors, who yeah. turned out to be a real fucking villain with Kang, I'm like, hmm, their best villains right now turn out a black. And um, I mean, he's not played by a black guy, but you know, given the right chin and Thanos could be black. It's like all your all your all your villains are being black dudes. Hmm, this is this is this is kind of kind of racist here, but um. They're paying the fuck out of that shit, right? I'm just like, mm. I, I don't know if it's racist or if they're just that good that they suck up all the oxygen and bring it to them. I mean, they're that good. I mean, let's no, be honest. They they're, have they're no choice good. but to, to but go you, in that but you direction. Know, but you know, I'm coming, you know where I'm coming from, right? You know, yeah, you know there's yeah, that yeah, thing yeah, where it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, the, oh, so the black character got to be the villain of the time? Yeah, but I see I mean, how y'all playing, do. Right. I see how y'all yeah, do. You see how no, I, yeah. I'm waiting on the conversation. I have a lot of terms needed. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not on Twitter anymore. I'm so fucking glad. But there's something you said, Brandon, that I think is also true is I, I uh, say this, and, and um, you know, you're right. I mean, we. And it's not, I'm not surprised because again, we knew James Gunn is, is is a fantastic director with these three films. Um, you know, he did he did that Suicide Squad movie, which is also really good. So it's not like his, and he did Peacemaker. So it's not like he's new to the WB landscape. But like, again, you know, his he, he's doing Superman. And I'm like, no, that's right. Yeah, let, not only let him architect the the DC world for you guys. Let him direct Superman. He'd be fine. He's got it. He's good. Like, this is what yeah. you guys need. You you need somebody that can. And this is a film here, which is probably the 
I mean, let's not forget. Like we keep saying that people are gonna say this is film was dark and it's not, and it and it does have that dark humor. And I'm just gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. You know, there are some some scenes where they're where they're playing with Rocket and some of them flashbacks, and you're like, Nah, you're not gonna get me. You're not gonna get me. You're trying to get me. You're close to getting me. You're not gonna get me though, right? So some of those scenes. Yeah, almost had yeah I mean, I'm gonna lie. There's a couple times they almost had me, right? There's that 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 scene at the end with the dreams. I'm like. No, see, Bruh? see, I'm like, see, listen, the entire fucking film I'm going through, and I'm like, I'm good. They did that scene, and you know, here's the thing, you know how it's going to end. You know what they're going to say, you know what's going to happen, and they still almost got me. And I'm like, you sons of bitches. Okay. But here's the thing about the, the no, Guardians I of the Galaxy. I was okay there. I wasn't but, okay at but, the escape. Well, that's what I'm saying. But here's the thing about the Guardians of the Galaxy series. If you think about it and really go back and look at them, they're all kind of fucking dark. The the fucking first yeah, one are. opens. The first one opens with Peter's mom on the deathbed, right? The second one, you find out, oh, his 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 father is, is equal to the living planet, but also gave his ejaculating and everything, right? But also gave his mom basically gave his mom a cancer and shit like that, and didn't care and treat like and is trying to like all of them are kind of fucking dark, but this one here, you're just like, hey man, you ain't have to do us like that. You ain't have to do that. Why you have to? You gonna make you gonna make it's cute cuddly animals too? With. Yeah, you gonna make cute cuddly animals and do? Come on, guys, come on! I it mean, wasn't even I'm... like it's it's been like the whole question of of Rocket's character mm-hmm. throughout the first two films. It's pretty much he is angry about everything, and it's like why is he? But he's super intelligent, and you know he cares about them, right? You know he cares and that it loves everyone in his group, but he's also such a dickhead, and it's like why is he a dickhead? And then you see this film, you're like, oh, he's got every fucking reason mm-hmm. to be walking around here with the biggest Earth-sized chip on his shoulder. And it, it has to get that dark yeah. for you to explain his character now, right? right? And also to pivot him into a new position. Like, this film is... The other films are dark. They are dark. Mm-hmm. And it's more a lot of it is suggestive. A lot of it is from the conversation. If you're paying attention, you're like, holy shit, a lot of this is fucked up with what I'm hearing right now. And even the whole play on everybody's dad mm-hmm. kind of fucked with them in the second film. Like, we all have bad dads. Mm-hmm. That's the second film. But this film is, oh, you thought they had bad dads? No, Rocket had the worst fucking dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> Rocket had the absolute worst. Right. Rocket had a dad that would leave him outside to die. Mm-hmm. He would get adopted. And the dad would come get him and be like, who the fuck took my kid? Right. Come, here. Right. Come here. Come here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then burn down all the stuff so they right. couldn't try to come back. Right. How dare, how dare you take my kid? How that dare I'm, he? How dare you take my kid that I'm neglecting? I'm only allowed to do that shit. Right. It's that kind of shit. And I think, uh, and, right. and, 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 and wrong with you, I, I think there are some things in this film that you can probably say, oh, I wouldn't have done that and things like that. But to me, I think the. The rocket story and the way that they emotionally pull you in, I and to me that's what, that's what it's such a prevalent thing in this film that I think you know even some of the things that I can say maybe were done in in, in other in the other films he did, um, it just comes second 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 to this because like this is this is this is again I I think I'm with Brand I think this is probably one of the the best out of the three, um I think the first one was 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 a better number two. I actually think I like this one more, even though it's. I'm not gonna lie, man. It's kind of sad, man. It really is not even kind. It is sad. sad it's super sad. I mean, like, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying that I don't like. Oh no, no, I know you're not. Movie. Yeah, I know it, you're not it's saying. It's like, 
it's like I've always felt like there's one continuous trajectory through all three of these movies, and Volume Three hold makes that even more true than the others. Like they've all got increasingly darker, but like you said, they've never really been light. But I felt like in the first two movies, he trusted his audience a little better. Maybe it's because of the nostalgia of it all in the first one. So mm-hmm. he knew he could reel people in and he got us with the bright and shiny colors and the bounce and the music and all the things that were going on. And then, you know, there's this, it's like he's dragging us towards the center. And like you said, we get the second one in Bad Dadland. And like all of those things, it's like, I felt like, I felt like, he was kind of sticking it to the people who had played with his characters and other movies in ways that he was not cool with, like things that they did. It was kind of painfully obvious that he felt like he needed to yank people back into the way he was telling his big cosmic story. And some of the things that he did for that made some of the twists and turns in this movie feel really predictable to me. Hmm. But I also have to freely acknowledge you. I I watch a lot of dark shit. So some of the beats and some of the things that he naturally had to do, like you were saying, B, he better come back for that. He better not leave that thread on, you know, on that. He better pull that. He better pull it together. I like, I felt like he had a little less trust in his audience and in, in, in the ways that he did. And now in some ways I think it worked to our advantage because this is the most James Gunn movie of James Gunn movies. And I don't say that it's a bad thing, but in other ways it kind of, it kind of made him feel like he needed to be a little, for me, too egalitarian with the character arcs for some people. And so I got a little, I was like, okay, 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 go back over here. I care about this more. Because I'm not going to lie. I, I'm, I'm, I was obsessed with the way that they were talking about the story that was laying behind not just Rocket, but the high evolutionary and what motivated him and what made him so irredeemably insane. But I feel like we kind of got a drop in the ball of what was happening with Mantis. I, I felt like until the third act, they were making me feel Drax was a little reductive. And he got more of character development in the first two movies. So I was just like, I'm like, how are you going to balance all this out? So like I got pulled out a little to seeing the moving parts. But every time it went back to Rocket, I was sucked all the way back in and nothing else matters, like you said. So yeah, I liked the movie. I thought it had bounce. I thought it had flavor. I love the way that he uses used his, you know, repeating characters who he has come back in, like Nathan Fillion Solaris here. Um, mm-hmm. and that whole sequence they built around that. Other characters and other people who he loves working with that he brought back, I thought they were like it was all A plus, A one. I just I wish that he had been a little more okay with character unevenness because I felt like he could have for two hours and thirty nine minutes. He could have. He could have. It could have got darker. I maybe that's what I just say. And I make. I'm a terrible person. You wanted it. I'm I, sorry. I'm sorry. Did I just hear you say you wanted it darker? It yeah, I don't know about that, bro. Yeah, bro. I mean, I mean, I mean, Grant. I know he's going the WB, but I mean, damn. I actually thought he was <laughs> I, like for a Marvel film that we know families he kinda, are going to kind of did see tonight because there's there's a, there's I, something I, I, yeah you know, I don't care about well because there's something there's something I, that happens there's, there's something that happens in this film when you're getting towards the end where I'm like man. um a lot of people just died and we just not gonna okay just lost over we just kind of the way kinda, the high evolutionary died right we just gonna, like, right we just gonna kind of not really address that huh. Oh, okay. I understand. Listen, listen, I'm never going to be mad if there's a calls for an extinction level event and we actually get it. I'm just, I'm. Oh no, no, we got it. My thing is like, we got it, and we just not gonna. 
Like we say, typically when they do stuff like that, (laughs) they don't allow the audience to build any type of connection. Exactly. With the beings (laughs) on that planet where that you know something's going to happen to. Like we've seen this in Star Wars a lot. Mm -hmm. Planets get blown up like balloons in fucking Star Wars movies, and nobody gives a damn. But in this one, I kind of care. I kind of cared a little bit. I was like, wait a minute. I, I liked it. I, I I think there I don't I think there's not enough realism sometimes when someone wants to de- kind of take this kind of character's arc, the areas and ways in which they think that it should be weighty, never ever take collateral damage into consideration. So I really appreciated that. That's one of the things that I thought he did well. I know what that says about me. I do not care. And I don't think it was too far. I think it was just far enough because when you get to the end and you see how he starts resolving what's happening with these people who we've seen through these other two volumes, that's part of what really makes this make sense and what makes this movie's flaws kind of fall out. But I can see how maybe, you know, if you are really here for the Roy G. Biv at all, that's too far in how we got used to um, gun storytelling for Marvel. But I don't think Marvel's always light. And I think a part of the problem is people have always been easy to say, oh, well, they have a villain problem. They don't know what to do with their villains. Yes, they do. This is what you do with your villains. This, this is it. Well, uh, let me say, uh, I, again, I, I don't think you were saying it's too far. I think, I think it, it's far enough, but I think it, it's more of a, they really haven't, like, even when they, because you got to think about it, even when they did the snap, like, that was dark for a lot of people, but everybody kind of knew these people are coming back. Like, you knew we knew there was another movie, we knew they were coming back it, as much as they tried in between Infinity War and Endgame and say, oh no, they're really dead, ha 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 we all knew they were coming back, right? That's a different thing when you watch, like, folks like, get killed and, and, and they build some of the relationships here, and you watch some people die and things like that, you're like, oh you're really gonna show that? Oh, okay we're doing that now. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm on board with it. It's okay. If anything I think because, and I think this is one thing where, and again, this is just the type of film it is, there's so much to tell, and this is the last one they're, they're, they're probably doing, but I'm, there are, and gotta be careful because there's um, spoilers, I don't want to do spoilers, but there are some conversations that are had when, in, when Peter confronts the high evolutionary at one point that I'm like, we should pull that thread a little bit more, but I know we couldn't because we're already at like this is this is a long movie. It's like two hours and thirty minutes, right? So like, there's certain things I know they couldn't do. It could easily be three hours. Didn't didn't want. No, I'm not saying it should have been. Could have easily been have been three hours if you go into some of those things. But it makes me also think that well, if they started mentioning it, maybe they will, right? There's a whole thing about trying to create the perfect society, and then what happens when you over time and things like that. I'm like, hmm, I can see how you can. You can, you can, you can, you can play with this. I can see how this can, can play into some of the other themes that we see kind of related to what even, you know, we, we've been hearing with, with Kang, regardless of who, if they keep Jonathan Major to replace him or whatever, the theme of what they've been playing with Kang and, and the multiverse and the things like that. I'm like, you could technically tie all these together and that's going to make a, that, that's, that's, that to me is also what's really intriguing about what they're doing here. Um, is, is is that because it's going to get a little bit darker? And I think some people thought that after the end game, maybe we were going to lighten up a little bit, but we we haven't really, right? We've gotten this. It's only gotten it's, more yeah, darker. It's gotten more dark and depressing like in some SP's cases. Biggest complaint right. about Wanda is right. that why is she so dark now, oh, motherfucker? <laughs> they started off dark. Do you right. do you forget how mm-hmm. they came into existence? Mm-hmm. So for her to be where she is now, 
kind of makes fucking sense. Yeah. Given the power she has, what she's seen, and everything they've all been through as a group, her solo, the mm-hmm. lost, like this is supposed this is how it's supposed to be not to mention like the continuation of marvel to focus on villains who strive for some type of perfection thanos perfection ultron perfection high evolutionary perfection mm-hmm. cool's dad perfection like they all are fighting for fucking perfection in these offbeat weird insane ass ways like and they, they are continuing in Kang's people, like even even the Kang we just saw, that he a the Conqueror was also thriving for a certain type of perfection. And well, he was just like he, I know how it ends, and that ending is not okay. Therefore, I must. And so, yes, we we also tend to forget about Eternals, right? And what was yeah, happening? Man, it's like there's man, there's right. So like I I think I think this is one of those things where you know people are like oh Phase Four kind of has some. To, I think this is going to be one of those things where people start going back, start seeing the thread stuff, start getting pulled, and go, "Oh, oh, now I get it." Because I also think this is the real ending for a lot of people because it's been hanging out there, and they didn't get the satisfaction in the Thor movie because the Thor movie didn't go in the direction they thought it would. They were, right. you know, in and out of the Guardians thread in the first act, but you know, before much longer. So there's a bit of dissatisfaction, at least in my opinion, not only with things getting dark, and two, people don't really like beginnings that aren't restarts because for some reason a significant number of people mm. of a particular persuasion think that things are supposed to just roll back to the beginning and you know keep working until things are perfect for them. But this movie really drives home that point. I really think James Gunn was making a point. He's like, if you come back here, you're not coming back here with my stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, like, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up, um, just Thor, because another thing that I picked up from this film, from watching Gun work, right, especially in this film, especially after Thor: Love and Thunder, is that I think, I think Taika could take a note of just having like some resilience. Uh, you know what? Like, I'm glad you said. I'm glad you said it from watching I, James Gunn because yeah. James Gunn. James Gunn did hear what Taika thinks he's doing with the Thor films at this point. And I, I, like, yeah. it's, it, it's glaringly obvious. I think that's the thing that that's got to me too. And, and I didn't hate Thor love and thunder, but it's one of those things that I think, especially when folks who know the God butcher story felt a little disappointed because there's so much that they could do, but it almost felt like Taika decided that he was going to basically troll, be, be a giant troll in that film a little bit. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. I like you. I like you as a director, but you kind of, you kind of, you know, lost a little bit there. I think if we went more the route of what we see here, what, what Gunn did, where you can still go dark and you still have, you still have the humor. Cause there's still some moments in here where you're just like, really, do they really just do that? Like they, they have the, like that moment where they're talking about, <laughs> when they're talking about, <laughs> they say, Mantis, you should touch Peter because he's sad. Uh. <laughs> like, like that, I was like, this is a PG 13 film. We, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna really, we really gonna do this. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. This. And I'm like, but I'm like, I think that's what, I think that's what, um, what you're saying. Like, I think at some points, Taika thought he was, he was kind of going the dark humor things. And I'm like, but you actually, you cross, it's a fine line, and he crosses in some of those places that just went de- to being like corny or basically kind of losing it. So it's it's too much, 
Um, and it sucks because even in that film, you have a really great villain in mm-hmm. Thor: Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. and it it was it was too wild. It was, the, the swings were too wild. Here in this film, every time we, even when you're doing the funny things, you're laughing, but you're still going like, "But damn, I shouldn't be laughing at that because that's actually." emotionally painful like <laughs> you're, there's a, there's several times when you're like that and you're just going like damn like even to the point of everybody knows peter and being the the womanizer and things like that and he's trying you know trying to find Gamora. like those things it's like i'm not gonna lie man it's like i know everybody hates chris pratt but i'm like man you kind of sometimes feel for him in this movie sometimes you're just like yeah damn bro i get it like I, you guys just you guys just have an irrational hate of chris Pratt. You guys no, really do. Not not you, not you, Brandon. I'm talking about Roe and everybody. It's, it's no, it's not irrational, and it's not about the other stuff people are talking about. There's something that sometimes he, for me, falls out of sitting in Star Lord, and I feel like I'm looking at Chris Pratt, and I don't like but, that. But so, I, it, but I'll say this: distracting. I think, but I think everybody did that in this film. I think when you get to your but, last film, sometimes I think everybody kind of, yeah, kind of does that's that. Where I was going, yeah. I was like, but this time I feel like. Because James Gunn understands that what he's doing with this character, he kind of reined that in and he mm-hmm. used it to its best advantage. Like it's not a spoiler, but one of the opening sequences is Raccoon is sitting, uh, Rocket is sitting around and like walking around listening to fucking Radiohead, and you go into a room and there's like drunk Star Lord, and when you realize why and what's wrong with him. That's the perfect amount of lampoon mm-hmm. that if it had been Taika, he'd have gone too far or he'd have let it go too long or he'd have tried to involve too many different elements. Right. But James Gunn has an understanding of what Chris Pratt's strong suits are, who the character Star-Lord is that he's built him to be. And he kind of took the mess that other people have made by making that character a little sticky in their movies for what they needed. And he brought him back around by midway through the second act of who he had designed that character to be, which does make really great use of Chris Pratt. It's not that I don't like Chris Pratt. It's like, I don't freaking really like star Lord. So for me, I'm always like, I'm always like, I'm like, it is what it is with this dude, homie. I mean, if he lives, he lives. If he dies, he dies. It's whatever. He's a facilitator of my story for other things. But he's a great ensemble thing because he always can bounce between being the butt of the joke and being being straight man or telling the joke and, you know, keeping the energy moving. But again, like Brandon said earlier, I really appreciated how they realigned things with Gamora. It felt, it felt right and honestly it's some of the better acting that uh Zoe's done in a long fucking time and listen <laughs> we we needed this Gamora kind the of the whole, whole time. time like when when her sister is kind of like this is what she was like before y'all met her the other her and i was like wait so this is why y'all hated each other for real because at first when they met i was like Gamora ain't bad though like Gamora is a badass Gamora does like has to do certain things and she probably did things to survive other things. I don't understand why you don't like her so much. And then this one shows up and this is the one before. And I was like, Oh, Oh, she's confident in a whole ass bitch. Oh yeah. Yeah. This yeah. That ruthless Gamora's ruthlessness is not a defense mechanism. It is a character. Yeah. This is why she's Thanos' favorite. This makes so much sense now. Yeah. I yeah. I, yeah. I felt, and that's what I was saying. I wish he had been, okay with things being a little out of whack with the character 
arc swinging full circle because I would have loved just a little bit more. And we had the time because we had some of these drawn out extended scenes elsewhere. They could have given us just a little bit more and not necessarily between her and Star-Lord, but between her and McGar- her sister. I, just, just a couple of other touches more. I, would, I think it would have just some of the unevenness or the predictableness for me might have fallen out. And I might be saying this is a perfect thing instead of just really great. Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, no, and, and, and and that's fair. And and the funny thing about it is to me, it's like, we're going to, um, open and pretty much end our, our May with the theme of family, because that's also what this film theme is. And we got fast X. (laughs) In like a week or two, is that next oh, week? It no. might be, or no, it's two weeks. Uh, we got faxes. There's just nothing but family because that's. I mean, but but here's the thing. I think you get that with this 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 film is, you know, you get the the misfits in the first film. The second film, you start getting you know really more of the the daddy issues and things like that. But this film is kind of looking at it, going like, no, but they really are they they really are a family, right? And I think that's the thing that made probably makes this is probably the most. I can go with you on the fact that not the Chris Pratt, but the not liking Star Lord. This is probably the most likable Star Lord's been because if you think about it, this is probably the only movie where he's really in it for something that's not about himself. Like, right. you know, it's the first time you say you're like, I'm sure going. I was like, wait a minute, he's really like, he's really like doing this because that's his best. Fr- oh, I actually. It's like, this is new. Like, I didn't think of... But then you think about everything he's gone through, and you start... It's like, it's like when you start thinking about Thor, and you think about all the stuff that Thor's lost, and you're like, why Thor like the way he is now? You're like, oh, he's kind of laughing because he's crying inside. Oh, that makes sense, because it's all really, really fucking terrible. I got it. And right? this, yeah. is, this is the first time since the very beginning of the movie that you get to see him with pure, unadulterated confidence. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, no. And, it, yeah. And that was a welcome thing. I, I think, yeah, no, it's just, uh, I feel, I sometimes I feel like when you think that you're supposed to, if you listen too much to what people have to say, and I personally think that's a little bit too much of Tyka's problem, and I agree with you that he likes to troll. But I think James Gunn likes to troll just as much, but it's, it's who you want to troll. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Taika is more interested in trolling certain segments of the audience, and uh, James Gunn is, is is was more concerned with trolling certain other directors and writers. Well, uh, and well, I th- real quick, <laughs> we'll, we'll quick on that. But I think that's the thing, right? He, you're right. James Gunn decided to do that, but he didn't lose track of the fact that you're still making a, a, a film for the fans. I almost feel like at some point Taika kind of lost the plot and was on some. He made the whole film to troll the trolls of the film, and I'm like. Yeah, but dude, you still got people that love your films that want to see this film, and, and you, you kind of we were here. Too. You forgot, you, yeah, you forgot we were here. And it's like, dude, right? It's like, I I rooted for you. I'm rooting for you. I know you're a great director. I know you can do that. I love what you did in, in Ragnarok, and it feels like you kind of made a whole film to kind of troll the 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 folks that are going to review bomb your movie anyway. But what about me, who's sitting right here? Come on, man, like. And and that's why I think is you're right. I think that's the difference. Like James Gunn, they're trolling other people. He's trolling. He might be even trolling the trolls, right? But at the end of the day, he never forgot that. Hey, this is a finale for for the for the Guardians fans. Like they're going to be saying goodbye to some of these characters. Uh, I might be saying goodbye to the Marvel universe for a little bit because I'm going over to DC. Let me still make sure there's a film here that my fans can enjoy and. That's what he did here. I mean, it's a fucking sad one. He gets you in their heartstrings sometimes. And I really want to be like, hey, man, don't do that because you're going to make me almost cry. 
but like, you know, you, you gotta, I, I, you gotta t- tip your cat that that's what he did, and I, you know, I enjoyed it. Yeah, he remembered he was making a space sci-fi mm-hmm. movie, and I, I really appreciated that, and I think. I think there's added value in when you think about who's setting the tone and then who gets to close it. And he really didn't have that much interference between him and his films for this, for all three volumes. And, you know, I like Bradley Cooper. I apparently, I like Bradley Cooper more when I can't see him, which is interesting. (laughs) I, (laughs) I like, the half-baked, weird Adam Warlock and the way that they kind of resolved it where they're like, you know, she's like, well, you took him out then. He's not, he's not finished cooking. It's not his fault. <laughs> but then when you find out what's going on with that planet and how they really tie into the bigger thing, I think that other thing that you guys mentioned that we're not talking about that just kind of left everybody stunned that we got to see it happen uh, from an on-planet point of view, it makes it even more compelling because that's a thread that's still left out there. But the way that they played around with it, I thought was really smart. And it left the door open for there to be more guardian stories like you said they had to kind of resolve some of rockets issues and anger and tell us the big why but they also made the world and the universe bigger in a different way again and i think that's going to matter for more movies going forward because there's even further parts of the the universe where you know superheroes of all kinds exist and are active so I, I like that too. Well, and I'll say this because I mean, Guardians always been big on the music. So I think there's also in the final, the final, you know, bang for this. They did something a little bit different. They've always incorporated music, but the way they incorporated music in this one is definitely different than the way they did the other two. Right? It's, yeah. It yep. definitely plays way bigger, and I think even that to me was a good send off because they're like, hey, we know you guys get the these the soundtracks. We know we made you know the soundtracks of these movies be a big as big of a character as the movies themselves and so the way they incorporated music into this one is different than the other ones but still fit in, it wasn't like a drastic change it still felt like in line with what they they did and it made it even better like there's even moments when they do kind of classic throwbacks to the like to playing some songs from the first guardians it's like the way they did it all and incorporated it into the storytelling here I think was also a really good thing that just, again, it feels like a good send off for uh, the characters, a good send off for uh, James Gunn, um, and a good send off just for the Guardians of the Galaxy. And again, thinking of the fact that we got three Guardians of the Galaxy films, <laughs> if you told me this 12, 20 years ago, I would have laughed. I would have been like, first of all, I would have been like, Guardians of who? Who the fuck are you talking about? Right? So. I think that's also just a, a, an amazing thing, too, that we've gotten this part where we did three of these fucking films. Um, with very little loss of momentum. Huh? I said, at, with very little loss of momentum. I think right. I'm just stunned by that part. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, uh, all right. What would you guys give this out of 10? I think it's a seven and a half for me. Yeah, I'm probably more like I can't give it a, a super high, but I'm probably more like an eight and a half. Uh, probably um, eight and a half bad dogs out of ten. <laughs> Even that part, you're take terrible. It take it, you said seven and a half, row. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm at. I'm I hate between, you, I'm Brandon. At, I'm, I'm at an eight. 
<laughs> I will make a note. If you did not watch the Christmas special that's on Disney Plus, it's not essential viewing, but after the volume it three, does, you're yeah. definitely going to want to swing back and yeah. give it a watch. Yeah, I I, I caught the <laughs> I had to tell Brandon what that, that yeah meant. I didn't know what was going on. Oh okay, but a lot of a lot of people didn't get it either because they're just looking at the scene. They just think there's nothing really happening in the scene. I look at the scene. I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. That's 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 good. And he was like, what? I'm like, no, no, I gotta tell you later. <laughs> just... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I think. I think that's why ultimately, at the end of the day, what you said is right. Even with some of the drains on the momentum, the core story around Rocket and everything that it took to tell that one, just yeah, it's just it's it makes the center hold and it makes this kind of you know a solid ass final hat tip. Stupid mm-hmm. James Gunn. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just like we did. We when we do the, the spoiler review, there'll be more we can discuss a whole lot more because we didn't get into like Groot's growth, we didn't get into what they did different in this film with Mantis mm-hmm. than they did in the in the last film. Like, Mantis, I think the way they did Mantis, the way they did in the end here was for a reason. I don't yeah. think that they just was, I think Marvel was like, we we need her character, so we need you to prop do do her proper. In the in in this film throughout, so there can be nobody questioning her, and also the how however you decide to send off all your characters, make sure hers is done a certain way, mm-hmm. so we can go ahead and pick her up. And like I, I I like that because you know they did a lot with her in this film. Surprisingly, I didn't expect Mantis to be like this important and emotional character throughout the whole film, even though given her abilities, that would make sense. Also, am I wrong, or is there is there a Last Jedi joke in here? Uh, yeah, there's definitely a Last Jedi joke mm-hmm. in here. Bro. Okay, I just want to make sure that that's what that that's what that was. That's okay. absolutely a hundred percent what that was. You are not gotcha. wrong. Mm-hmm. You were not mistaken. Gotcha. I think I guffawed yeah. in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. There's, there's. I mean, this movie is also a reminder of what an actual Easter egg is in a way that was pleasant. So yeah, I think people get a kick out of that. Yeah. So. All right. Well, there you guys have it. Uh, that is our review for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Uh, we have more reviews coming out. Uh, also, there are some. We're gonna have the spoiler review for this. Uh, like I said, um, we are gonna be doing Fast X, uh, Fast Ten. I actually think I have to watch Fast Nine. Cause I don't think I did. Cause didn't, didn't Fast Nine? It. Didn't Fast Nine come in during the pandemic or right after the end of the pandemic? So I never saw it. So I think I gotta watch that before I watch Fast Ten. Um, Bro, I have it here. They sent it to me, and I stood it. I stood it. Right, finish it. right. So it's, I, I, I got I gotta. I gotta. I got. So, uh, yeah, but we have that. So we'll have definitely have those two spoiler reviews, and then, as promised, I did. Uh, well, I haven't actually made this announcement yet, but I well, we're gonna be doing an insanity check. We're we're a little low on premium episodes, so I'm gonna try to do. Uh, my aim for doing an insanity check. Uh, one every month to hit on premium this the rest of this year. So, if you're not on premium, head over to premium and we'll get that going. I know we didn't do anything for April, but we have some plans for the rest of the year. So, stay tuned. We'll hopefully be making some announcements this weekend about that. So, again, the folks, make sure on fire and Chris brings back. I mean, it's the, it's the perfect time, right? Um, so, again, thank you guys very much for listening. Make sure to subscribe, movie trailer reviews, and iTunes, Twitter, radio, and Spotify. Until next time, we are out of here. Peace. <laughs>